0: So one of my favorite musicians is trevor hall and he sings a song called great mirror here's the chorus great mirror show me the way through 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 through. in and out and all along the one i seek is within song i dance and sing and sit in patience waiting on that revelation tides are turning worlds burning look to all those stars for learning what's outside is within me i see i see i see i see this song embodies what meditation is the singer trevor hall is saying that he's meditating through his music and for him his music is the space where he can dance and sing and sit in patience waiting on that revelation and that while all around him tides are turning worlds are burning He's looking to the stars for learning, and in that moment, when he realizes that everything outside of him is actually taking place inside of him, he sings that last line, What's outside is within me. I see, I see, I see, I see. The Christian life is all about contemplation. The word contemplate means to look thoughtfully for a long time at, or to think profoundly and at length, or to meditate. And here we see why meditation is not a popular discipline, and why it is one we are, uh, why it is the one that we're beginning with today. In our fast-paced world, slowing down to contemplate, to meditate, is often the last thing we have any time for. But the Bible is filled with teachings on meditations and uh, with characters who all meditated. In Psalm 119, it says, "I meditate on your precepts." and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. In Psalm 77, it says, I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. And Psalm 19 is a popular one you may know. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In Genesis 18, we find Abraham meditating under the oaks of Mamre, and God appears to him, in Genesis 24, we read that Isaac went out to meditate in the field toward evening. On the mountain of Sinai, Moses meditated so much that Exodus 33 tells us, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. In Joshua 1, we read the instructions for Moses' replacement. This book of the law shall not med- uh, shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that's written in it. Deborah the Judge meditated, David meditated, Daniel meditated, Jeremiah meditated, Mary meditated, and Jesus meditated. The message is clear. Meditation is happening in the Bible. It's the way that people hear and commune with God. It's a time where you are listening from within. And why do we have to look within to find God? Because uh, Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 17 of the Gospels uh, that the kingdom is within us. It's not outside of us. It's within. I heard a quote that carried the same sentiment. It said something like, "...the evil rulers hid God in the one place humans would never look inside of themselves." You see all the medita- all the religions of the modern world all started with people meditating and having personal conversations with the divine within them. Buddha did this, Moses did this, Jesus did this, Muhammad did this. The Dalai Lama does this, monks do it. If you read church history, all of the the church leaders and all those who've pioneered the church were all people who meditated and prayed. In fact, when you go to other uh, places to worship, say at a mosque or a temple, you'll notice that uh, even when I went to a Sikh temple, they sit on the floor and spend quite a bit of time meditating. But when you go to the Christian church, do you ever see people practicing a meditation as a, an important part of the religious service? Or as any? Uh, do you see any Christian's in meditation? When's the last time you've seen a Christian, just a normal Christian, meditating? Uh, You don't. That's the reality. Not a lot of them do. I actually heard that uh, Reverend Dr. Sarah Drummond, who was here last week, uh, that she was actually pleasantly surprised that we had meditation as part of our liturgy. But for a lot of Churches and a lot of practices in Christianity, while they're caught up in political and social issues, uh, that, that seems to be their main priority. The main priority should be meditation, but it's not taught in modern Christianity. And when I look at one of the reasons why the church has stopped being a spiritual resource for many, I'm going to add the fact that we just don't meditate to being at the top of the list for the church's dry and sometimes shallow, practice of spirituality. What's even more sad, this practice that originally began in our book with Jesus and and our ancient ancestors, uh, spiritual ancestors, the Jewish people, this practice that was ours, is now being picked up and practiced everywhere but the church. There's now meditation apps, there's meditation courses, Retreats, Sam Harris, a a world renowned uh, um, philosopher who's a self proclaimed atheist, he has a meditation app. CEOs are using it, athletes and celebrities are meditating, and they're all looking at the Eastern religions to guide them. When Christianity itself began as an Eastern religion, that taught and practiced meditation. They practiced it so much that while it's in the Bible itself, it actually was happening way more than what's emphasized. It's just that back then it was such a normal way of life, uh, I, you probably remember christians maybe fasting on wednesdays and fridays that used to be a normal thing i think even mcdonald's added the fish fillet for us christians that's how much i don't know if that's true but i i remember hearing that growing up uh but it's just that idea that it was in the ethos of the people that uh people you know back then uh, even 100 years ago would have a fast like that um where they you know they wouldn't eat meat on fridays or something and it was ingrained in the culture. So that in the same way, meditation was ingrained in their culture back then. But uh, you don't see it ingrained in our culture. And ironically, it's coming from everywhere but the church. And so what I do see is what I said before, that the Western church is so caught up. Have you ever seen on the news uh, church meditating and praying for peace? Or church meditating and praying for peace? Uh, Better race relations or church praying and meditating for, uh, you know, pro choice or pro life issues. You, you don't see that all, instead, you see a, an initial reaction that where people take the matter into their own hands instead of trusting in God, which is exactly what Jesus taught us. So, that's what I think is the issue is that we have these practices, but we don't practice them as Christians. Uh, and it's important that we step back and go, you know what? Maybe I haven't—my approach to Christianity has more been centered around, you know, there's this guy, Jesus, who died for my sins. He prayed and meditated. In fact, all of the people in the Bible prayed and meditated so that maybe I don't have to. I think churches have really taught that because you expect the the pastor to be praying and meditating. You hope that. <laughs> You'd be surprised how much it doesn't happen behind the scenes, but if there if your leader is not praying and meditating, they likely will not teach you to pray and meditate. So for me, the most important thing in my own walk with God, even these sermons that I do, a lot of people think I'm doing it for other people's. I, I'm just sharing it, but it's my own story. It's my own journey. So when I say, uh, "I don't see meditation in the church, well, I'm part of the problem because I lived into the type of Christianity that was taught to me where I'm kind of like worthless and I can't do anything and I need uh, God to completely carry me to the kingdom of heaven. When Jesus told us all that we're going to have to carry our own cross to the kingdom of heaven, uh, what I hear Jesus saying in the Gospels, and it's taken me a while to, to see this, but now I do, is that if you don't take responsibility for your own faith, you will not grow and you will not uh, achieve all of the things Jesus promised you. Because the kingdom of heaven is not something that you just receive. It's something you grow into. It's kind of like a kid. You know, my daughter wants to be an adult. She wants to grow up. I can't just let her be an adult. She has to grow into that. It's the same with the kingdom of heaven. It's, It's a process. So, what am I going to do here at our church? I'm going to stick to what Jesus taught and did. I'm going to stop listening to what other uh other people are doing in order to what they think is attract people to church. I just want to inv- I, what I'm going to do here at our church is I'm going to teach you based on what I'm reading in scripture, what Jesus did and invite you to do that. But I also will lay out exactly um because sometimes the Bible doesn't have clear instructions, so I'm gonna just give you some examples. I'm also gonna give you a resource, a book that you can read yourself. Because sometimes, you know, my interpretation of meditation and prayer might be a little different, but you'll see common themes. and And when you create your own practice, you should uh, you should be asking, what do you actually want out of this relationship with God, and and uh, establish kind of what meditation looks like for you. So that said, I want to provide resources at our church that cultivate the spirit within you to grow and for you to be able to hear God's voice and not just say, Sean hears God's voice. I want you to hear God's voice. I want you to hear uh, God working in the same—I want you to hear and feel and experience God working in your life like they did back then. But in order to do that, we have to be practicing the tools. Because right? you can learn a martial art, uh, but if you never plan on fighting, it's just, it's just an act. And Jesus called the early, uh, early uh, leaders of, his, uh, of the Pharisees and Sadducees, he called them hypocrites, which when you translate that from the Greek, it actually means actors. He said that they're actors, that they're not really uh, practicing anything. They're just doing it it's they're not pers- it's not a personal thing. Kierkegaard used to say that church is just shadow boxing. You're just pre- you're just pretending. Uh you're looking at scripture and you're looking at these old stories of people dealing with issues and uh circumstances and the story's supposed to promote in you a response in your life. Not just to read the stories and go wow, that was miraculous. You're invited into the miraculous. But in order to do that, you have to learn how to do that and the, and the things that Jesus did. And the one we're talking about today is meditation because I believe the discipline of meditation has been lost in the Christian church. And since we're in the business of resurrecting what was dead, I'm going to do my best to bring it back so that every one of us is a, a practicing Christian not just a Christian by name. Ellie gave out uh, bracelets to the kids last week that said WWJD. Do you know what that stands for? Is it watch what Jesus would do? <laughs> or watch what Jesus does? No, it's we all know it's what would Jesus do? And you wear it to remind you that you may not be doing what Jesus is doing, so you should repent, which just means to turn around and start doing what Jesus did. Jesus was trying to connect you with God. We all have a phone, an iPhone, to connect us with other people. Jesus was showing us my phone, an internal way of calling up God. We have used, we have used this ancient system of meditation that allows us to access the the inner world of the human mind and spirit. We've used it for thousands of years. And it's kind of a practice that's fallen to the wayside, at least in the Christian church. And I want to, I want us to start practicing it again. So, how did I learn how to meditate? I, I actually had to go outside of the church to learn what meditation was. I signed up for this Indian meditation course in Meriden, taught by this uh, mystic guru named uh, Sadhguru, and I actually got to meet him at Madison Square Garden once um but this was uh, when i was first studying re- um meditation i went to a course in meriden for 4 days and I to learn how to meditate that's that's all we did for 4 days we just sat on the floor in this conference room and of a holiday inn and we learned how to sit quietly at our lunch break uh since you could only eat vegan i told them i was fasting I, you know i don't really i'm i'm a meat eater But I was talking to some of the other people there because I was curious how they found out about this meditation program. And they said that they saw it on YouTube and they decided to come. All of them were former Catholics and Christians who were now coming to this Holiday Inn in Meriden to learn how to meditate. When they asked me why I was there, I had to embarrassingly tell them I'm a pastor (laughs) who's doing research on how to meditate. And because how embarrassing is that that this word meditate and its practice that is filled throughout our scriptures is one that I was never taught nor did I ever see anyone doing. Now if I told you all if I told you all that I was a superstar at baseball and then we went outside on the lawn and I couldn't catch, I couldn't bat, I couldn't throw, would you consider me a superstar at baseball? Would you even consider me a baseball player? No. <laughs> If you invited me over to your house for rig- rigatoni bolognese and you told me you're a great chef and I came over to eat some fake bolognese, I call that meat sauce. Meat sauce is not bolognese. Bolognese takes all day to make. Uh, but if you told me that you were the best chef and could cook this great meal and I went over and it just was, wasn't great, would I consider you to be a chef? No. So a person who says they are Christian but doesn't do the things Christ did— Should I say it? Would they be a Christian if they're not doing anything? They might consider themselves, but in reality, are they? Once I was getting my back checked out for pain uh, that I had been having, and the doctors told me, we have good news and we have bad news. The good news is your x-rays look great. The bad news is we don't know what's wrong. You see, that's the problem. When you don't know what's wrong, And what is wrong with Christianity today is that we're all a bunch of baseball players who do not know how to play baseball. We're a bunch of people who have the desire to be connected to Christ, but we're not doing the things that Christ did because we never got the instructions. And I think the solution for Christianity today is it's not better music. It's not... uh, better programming. It's better teaching on the practices of Scripture, applying it in your everyday life, and then seeing what happens. That's what Jesus wants us to do. The book we're going to be walking through for the next couple of months is called The Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. Each week I will teach based on a chapter, and I want to encourage you for homework, to read the corresponding chapters so that you can begin working on making it a practice in your life. These disciplines are not meant to make you feel bad or to be another chore. Instead, they are meant to give you a deeper insight to what's happening around us. Remember when Jesus would say, if you had ears, you would hear, and if you had eyes, you would see? These disciplines are the tools that bring your whole being online versus just having you live one-dimensionally. With these practices, you will finally begin to see what's going on in this big book called the Bible, and you'll be able to hear God's voice throughout the entire day. So that's the good news, right? Is that Christianity does work. It's just we didn't, we were, I think for a long time, we haven't been taught how to make it work. Because to make it work requires discipline, right? It requires you to actually practice what Jesus taught. So how can we begin meditating today? I've already done this with you in our prayer time, but let me walk you through it. And if you choose to get the book, in the first chapter, you can find this along with a few other meditative practices. Um, But let's just start with this simple one. It's called Palms Down, Palms Up. And we can walk through these steps in our prayer time, In just a bit, we can actually put it into practice. Right where you are, just sit and get comfortable. Place your hands on your lap with palms facing down. You see, we as Christians are called to examine ourselves. Even Socrates knew this. He would teach people to know thyself. In this practice, we're going to look at all the stuff we're carrying that we don't want because some of us are hoarders, but not in the physical sense. Some of us carry around a lot of tension, frustration, stress, anger, pain, and the like. Often it's just in the background, but in this moment of meditation, you're going to be honest with God in your mind. And we're going to bring all of this stuff forward. Tell God what's bothering you, tell God what you're mad at, tell God what you don't understand. Tell God you hate the way the country's being run. Tell him you wish your family was nicer and more appreciative. Tell him about your anxiety and depression. Once you've unloaded on God, and don't worry, read the Psalms, you'll see David unloading on God all the time. Even Jesus yelled at God saying, why have you forsaken me? Um, Once you've unloaded on God, ask him to help you manage it by trusting that he's going to find a way to bring healing. Hope, calm, peace, relief, and joy. Once you've done that, let all that stuff go. Let let it go before God and just say palms down as a symbolic way of letting it go. And you're letting it go in your mind. And you're going to trust that God will now assist you in dealing with the things weighing you down. And just try it. You might say, well, that'll never work. Try it and see if it does or doesn't, and let me know. Then simply breathe. Now turn your palms facing upwards. You're still in the state where you're giving your attention to the inward part of yourself. And do this with your breath. That's why you always hear about breathing and meditation. The breathing is just to help you center in, so when you find your mind wandering in meditation, which you absolutely will, which is another insight to what's going on inside of you, because if you're just still, you'll see, wow, you got a lot going on in that inner world of yours, and in this meditative state, uh, you're you're going in. So now you're going into the inner part of yourself and giving it permission to let go of some of the things that, you can't, that are out of your control, and you hand it to God. And symbolically, we do this as a practice every day, not once in a while, every day, taking time to do this. Because now we're going to turn our palms upward. And in this moment, we're not going to complain so much. Now we're going to ask God for help. You know, psychologists today are telling people to practice gratitude. Well, what do you think? Who, who, do you, who, who came up with that first? The Bible. <laughs> to be grateful for some of the things that are around us all the time that we don't always acknowledge, like your breath. When's the last time you acknowledged your lungs? <laughs> They've been working since you were born. So just to be grateful for the fact that you can breathe, to be th- grateful for your family. And sometimes those are the people that we're the hardest on. And just this practice alone re-centers you to say, you know what, I love my wife. I couldn't do life without her. I love my kids. They They're the reason I get up and go to work every day. You see, now you've moved from the realm of uh, i got to go to work. Uh, you know, I've been married for 15 years. You're moving out of that space. And you're moving into a space of gratitude. And this is what God promotes. And you're going to ask in this time with your palms up, because now the palms up represents receiving from God. You want God, you want to uh, go to God and say, Thank you for all of the good things in my life. And you're going to ask God for help. God is more than willing to share his love, his patience, his joy, his strength, his knowledge and wisdom, his self-control, his perseverance, and forgiving nature. God wants to give this to you, but you've got to ask. That's what Jesus said. Ask, seek, and knock. You've got to do it. Tell God you desire to know who he is and tell him what you need. And once you're done, in your mind, say, palms up. And you're done. But stay here. Stay in that space. Just sit and breathe. Focus on your breath coming in and out of you. And picture it like God's Spirit filling you up over and over throughout the day. When you're finally done, end with the Lord's Prayer clap your hands, and that's how I start my day. But you could do them any time of the day. If it helps, I do this. You can listen to some light music in the background. I usually play like three songs on a playlist, and that lasts me 12 to 15 minutes. You can meditate for as long or as short as you'd like, but I'd suggest doing it for at least five to ten minutes. Christians need to begin to communion with God on their own in their everyday lives. And my prayer is that this week we'll, we all will begin to take our faith to the next level. I'll tell you what will happen over time: is you will begin to hear God's voice. You will hear the Holy Spirit leading you, and you won't need to have faith anymore. Remember the first time you went out running or walking, and you could ba- it hurt, you could barely do it. But if you do it every day, it gets so easy, and then you start looking forward to it because now. You're exploring. See, running is an inner activity. It may appear like an outer activity, but it's an inner activity. It's it's you managing your inner world to do an exercise. And meditation is the same thing. It's really about you taking that God-given right to manage your own life. And Jesus did that. The people in the Bible did that. Look at the whole story. It's a story about a people who didn't want to be oppressed anymore, rose up, and and found their way. Look at the story of Jesus. It's the story of, of, of the whole world saying, you're just a carpenter, you're just a son, you're just the son of Joseph, you're just the son of Mary. Maybe John the Baptist could be the Messiah, but certainly not you, Jesus. Did Jesus back down? No. He knew who he was. How did he know who he was? He meditated. And when he meditated... God held up a mirror in front of Jesus, except in the mirror, it was Jesus, the Son of God, and on earth, it was Jesus, the Son of Man, looking at that image in meditation, and God telling Jesus, you are this. You are not what you currently are. And Jesus fully could see what God was calling him to do. He was calling out to live uh, his full self in this life and jesus became hebrews 5 tells us he became the source of salvation for all through his suffering and what did he suffered he suffered the parts of himself that a lot of us we never deal with carl jung calls it the shadow and you could see this fully demonstrated when jesus gets pulled into the wilderness as soon as he's baptized and he faces three issues that only a savior would face. See if you and I went in, out into the wilderness, we might be the devil might tempt us with other things. But this story is highlighting read read that read through it because you'll see Jesus is meditating out in the wilderness and he's dealing with what are the costs of fame, success and glory. All of the temptations that come with that. See Jesus was out, able to go out into the wilderness, meditate and see himself God showed him who he was. And that's what's going to happen for us. In fact, the more you meditate, you will hear God and the Holy Spirit as clearly as any of the people in the Bible did. And you won't need to have faith anymore. That's what Jeremiah 31, 31 says. That you will know the Lord for yourself. And maybe it'll be you, like Moses, like Jesus, who's talking and hearing from God on a daily basis, and that all starts with meditation. It all starts with a resolve to try something new and to commit to seeing if it really does work. Jesus has made a way for us to sit and talk with our Holy Father and our Holy Mother Spirit through meditation. May we take some time this week to use this tool given to us by our ancestors to unlock spiritual to unlock the spiritual senses that God gave us all. Amen. And if you've listened this far in the message, please uh, feel free to review, like, uh, subscribe to my podcast. It does help spread the uh, um, the message to others as they're searching about uh, you know new ways of looking at Christianity. Um, my hope is that we can all help. All you have to do is just help me promote this, and uh, and we can get the the a clear understanding of Jesus out to as many people as are looking for it. Thanks for listening, and God bless.